This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. my cat loving friends if you have cats you got vomit right there's hairballs and then there's the scarf and barfers that inhale their food and barf it up but then sometimes it's clear and how much is normal and how, it's so confusing so we have our favorite vet back kelly cairns is a vp of medical excellence and education of over 400 pet hospitals in the thrive Healthcare network she is our favorite veterinarian who god bless her donates her time once a month to come talk to us about all cat issues so today let's talk about the puke and we will get started right after this word from our sponsor Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I am your co-host, Linda Hall, here with the ever-lovely Rita Reimers. I just I like love you say that. your R's. I like uh-huh. trilling your R's. It, it makes it sound fancy. It is so, fancy. My name you is got, fan- no, You got fancy. 16 cats in your house. You got any vomit going on? Um, I step in vomit on average twice a day somewhere. You know, I have 16 <laughs> cats about to be number 17. Yeah, unfortunately. So let's yes. get Dr. Kelly in here and find out what's I normal, need to what's know. Normal. I have yes, a lot of seniors, exactly. too. They barf a lot. Is that normal? Yes. Hi, Dr. Kelly. We're ready. We're ready for you. We have questions. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to talk about it. Everybody loves to talk about puke. Let's do right? it. Right? Well, honey, puke it and is poop. Our- Those are the two barometers of cat health and urine. Too. Yes. 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 And, you know, Rita and I often text each other in the middle of the night saying we were on our way to the bathroom and stepped in barf. It's kind of a running thing we have with each other. So, uh, you know, it's not fun. our understanding is that somewhat hairballs are a normal thing, right? They're going to lick and groom themselves. They're going to get hair. It's got to come out. How much is too much? How much is normal? When do we need to be concerned? And what else might be going on? The hairball. The hairball. That, that was a lot of questions. Like yeah. It, isn't it also, isn't it also if you've got one square inch of carpet in your house and the rest is hardwood, yes. where does the vomit happen? On the carpet. Yes. On the carpet. Yes. I think they like it. It's more comfortable on their toesies. They Probably. always go to the carpet. I can't tell you how many cats I have tried to nicely push off the bed as they start going, bleh, bleh, nicely. On my bed. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, get off. <laughs> I just did not hear. Ladies, one of my cats, one of my firstborn, Sunny Karens, who's no longer with us, she, for several years, until we found a solution, and we're going to get back to that in a minute, I would wake up because she'd sleep right next to me, and I'd wake up to that, and I got really good at putting my hands out and catching it, and then putting it up and getting it Oh, the things we do for our loved ones. I hear you. I hear you. I've done it. I hear you. And to keep it off the bed. So- yeah, our hair balls just change the sheets because somebody yes. it already. Our hairballs normal. 
Is that right. hairballs normal? The question of the ages. So hairballs, let's just make sure everybody understands what they are. I mean, you would think, you know, the name says what they are. They're a ball of hair. They result from when your cat is grooming themselves. And then that will be swallowed. And most often that will then be defecated in the feces. But some cats, long hair more than short hair, can actually vomit that hairball when it just gets big and irritated and then it can't get out of the stomach. So it comes out the other way. It is not uncommon for a long-haired cat in particular to vomit a hairball once in a while, maybe once every couple of weeks. And if the cat is otherwise acting well, good appetite, good attitude, eating well, that may not be something to worry about. But certainly if the hairballs are more frequent or if your kitty is lethargic not eating or having any unproductive retching, those are things that you should be talking to your veterinarian and going on in to be looked at. Oh, okay. remember my Abby, Linda, my late Abby. She I was, was just going to say, oh my tell gosh. her what happened with Abby. She was a, a long hair, Maine Coon. And she came to me because her former doctors were returning her because their vet said she had failure to thrive. And then he was, she was diagnosed with IBS and she wasn't going to make it, whatever. Well, I took her in. Long story short, she had a huge hairball in her stomach, how the other vet didn't know. So after lots of Petromalt and some Pepsid medication that the vet gave me for her acid issues in her tummy, she finally passed that thing through her stool. She never had IBS. She never had failure to thrive. It was that huge lump of hair in her stomach. Hairballs can actually cause an intestinal blockage. Sounds like potentially your kitty was starting to develop a stomach blockage, but I've seen where they make it into the intestines, but then it plugs up the intestines, causing an obstruction that actually may have to be surgically removed. It might've been on the way to that because she had the stinkiest, horrible, most rotten runny poop ever. Which is always something, right? If your cats, I mean, poop is never going to smell pleasant like flowers or something you want in your home. They're not going to make an air freshener after it. But if it smells particularly funky, that's when I go, mm, we need to keep an eye on this and possibly make a vet visit. Like, mm, that's rank. Like, it shouldn't it be was. that bad. I had, that was when I had Dr. Fox. Hi, Dr. Fox. My, my home <laughs> vet in LA come. So once every couple of weeks. So if they're doing this more often... What are we looking at? Is, you know, is it a problem with them digesting the hair? I know a couple of my cats, I do cat grass and I got lazy about it and let it all die. And my husband came to me after about a month and said, we're getting a lot more hairballs. Can you please replant that cat grass? It really seems to help cut it down. So are some cats less able to digest it and get it through? Is it a fiber issue? Yeah. So first let's talk about who gets hairballs. So statistically, long-haired cats are more likely than short-haired cats because they are when they groom, they have more hair. Old middle-aged to older adult cats, I should say, are also more likely. And the theory there is that they are the ones that are very adept and skilled at grooming themselves. And they're very fastidious. Like kittens, they just haven't mastered that yet, right? So it tends to be the older cats. And then you also can have a kitty that is just based upon their temperament and how fastidious they are with grooming, that they may be actually ingesting more hair. And then there's individual cat-to-cat -cat variation with how adept they are at I would say adapting to that hair and passing that hair. How hydrated are they? Do they have under any underlying conditions going on that make it a little more difficult for them to actually ball up that hair and pass it and have it not be 
obstructed. So here's the first thing with hairballs is because the question is, okay, well, my cat is having hairballs. Should I be worried? What should I do? Again, if it's a long haired kitty who's have, if any kitty is having any hairballs at all, talk to your veterinarian about that. So you can talk about what does it look like? How often is it happening? And they can do a general physical exam. In the course of all of that, your vet might say to you, oh, they'll do some testing. Just make sure everything looks good systemically. They might say, listen, you know, your kitty's having a hairball once, uh, it's long-haired kitty having a hairball every once every week or two weeks. Let's take some proactive steps to reduce the risk of ingesting hair. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. So to minimize and possibly prevent the development of hairballs and then all the complications that can come from hairballs like irritation or even an obstruction, the very first thing we can do that we can control is brush and comb your cat frequently. Groom your cat because you are going to, I mean, I joke I can make a sweater out of Oshi. He's a medium hair cat with how much hair comes off. So take that job away from your cat. Groom your cat. It stimulates the hair follicles. It gets those healthy oils going. And when your cat does their own grooming, there'll be less hair that's going to come off and be so important. So important. And then the the other thing you can do with a long hair cat, especially if there's one that maybe doesn't let you groom it, is go to a reputable groomer and keep that hair trimmed, especially for those long hair breeds, right? And then there are some instances when you've heard of like hairball remedies or a mild laxative may be recommended by your veterinarian once or twice a week to keep things lubricated and moving. My recommendation though is that you only do those things when your vet says it's time and you're using a product they endorse at a frequency they endorse. If you give too much of those, you're going to cause some diarrhea. And then you got a whole nother problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It can be hard to keep track when you have multiples. I mean, like, you know, I probably every other day I see one plop somewhere of some sort of something that was vomited up, but I got 12 cats. That has 16. So I I really, I used to think it was normal. I used to buy into the old adage way before I knew better, you know, oh, cats just puke, but no. There's yeah. reasons and there's types, like we're saying, of puke that we need to really watch out for more than others. Is that true? That is true. So we've been talking about vomiting where the content of the vomit is a hairball. Clean and simple. It's just hair and how you navigate that with your veterinarian. And again, if your cat's having hairballs at all, talk to your vet. But certainly if it's more than every week or every couple weeks, we want to make sure that we're really proactive to make sure nothing else is going on. But cats can vomit many other things, right? Liquid, yellow liquid, which is has bile in it, which is basically fluid from the stomach. Cats can vomit food that's been partially or fully digested in the stomach. And so it's important to recognize, and this is where I think there some folks um, maybe think, hey, like you said, cats just do that. They vomit. They're weird. Um, and so, yeah. And so, you know, This is one of those, you guys know I love when cats are not small dogs. So cats actually are wired a little differently when it comes to the way the brain and the the gut and the muscles and the nerves talk to each other than dogs are. And they maybe are a little bit prone to slower motility than dogs. So yeah, maybe once in a blue moon, maybe that contributes to why a cat that has a lot of hair could vomit a hairball. 
But what we know now is that many cats that are intermittent vomiters of bile, clear liquid, or partially digested food, even if they're not acting sick, they probably have something going on inside that needs to be evaluated. And many cats will have a condition called inflammatory bowel syndrome, which is a little bit like irritable bowel syndrome in people that can be treated with diet, sometimes medications, and it's critical to have that diagnosed by your veterinarian because if left untreated over time, some cats will actually have that inflammation transform or mutate into a kind of cancer called small cell intestinal lymphoma. So we want to be proactive to talk to your veterinarian when a kitty is vomiting, to look to see if something else is going on, which could be that, or could be many, many other conditions. We could have food allergy. We could have parasites. We could have an infection in the intestine. Or we could have a systemic condition going on related to kidney disease, diabetes, thyroid problems. So you guys have heard me say it before. If your kitty is vomiting, even if they have a healthy appetite and they seem like they're feeling great, have that conversation with your veterinarian. Get an exam. Get some tests done. It's worth it. I always tell people, if you think your cat might need to go to the vet, you're not sure, go to the vet. A hundred percent. You are constantly writing, like, my cat's doing this. What are you like, Quit asking me. Just go to the vet. Like, you don't have time for me to answer you right now. If you think there's something wrong with your cat, the vet. I am not a vet. I am not a vet. And even if I was, I can't help you by email, right? I'm going to right. take a look at That's your right. cat. So let's talk about the delightful things out of their mouths. So we joke a lot about the scarf and barfers, those cats that inhale their food and then barf it because they didn't really give it time to go down. We often prescribe lick mats and slow feeders and things for them so that they slow it down. Are there other reasons that a cat might throw up what looks like undigested? Like it still looks like food, right? Like it's in the shape of kibble. Yes. Okay. So now your viewing audience, your cat parents are going to be experts in something that is super important to understand. So what you're describing could actually be regurgitation instead of vomiting. And so when you go to your vet, a lot of times we'll ask these open-ended questions when you come in and you're like, oh, my cat's puking. And we'll say, well, did you have you witnessed the the actual process of vomiting or are you just finding the piles? And then we'll ask, what is in that pile? What does it look like? If we have a situation where we have completely undigested food that even looks tubular, and then we start to ask, have you witnessed the vomiting? And sometimes we'll ask, and I'm a big fan of sound effects. Do you see, is the, is the abdomen moving? And you hear, <laughs> because we're asking about active retching, which involves abdominal push. If it's more passive, one time projectile, and it's undigested. I've in a seen tube, both. Yeah. Yeah. That could actually be that the food isn't making it out of the esophagus. And then the list of things that can cause that are different than the list of things that cause vomiting. So it will change the testing your oh, vet recommends doing. That's interesting. That is. Yeah. I only asked this question. I'm going to admit something horrible. I was on my way in. I went potty real quick and I ran in. We got a session and I looked over and at these shelves that I've got up for the cats, there's a little pile of what looks still like food. And uh, I was like, I ain't got time for this. So it's still there right now. That's my big admission for the day. There's cat something. Uh, I'm Lay sure I have some on the floor somewhere, but you're I was like, I don't got time for you. <laughs> where it looks like, it looks like the food, 
like the hard food. It looks like the round pellet, only it's expanded because of the water. Is that expansion something that's making them puke? Like they just swallowed it without chewing it. Yeah. I mean, the expansion just means it's been sitting in the liquid in the stomach long enough to absorb that water. So absolutely, though, if they're wolfing a lot of food super quickly, not taking the time to chew it and swallow it, that absolutely can make them bring it right back up. And the solutions you've provided are really helpful solutions to slow down those kitties. Now, if it's still happening after you've tried that, then I'm going to say, right, go to the vet. Because, like, yeah, if, if, if our listeners don't know about, like, lick mats, they have little designs and you just smear the food into there. They do it with dogs, too, like they'll put peanut butter in and stuff. And they've got to get it out of every little crevice. So it slows them down. They can't eat as fast because they're stopping to get it out of every little crevice. Yeah, it's those food-obsessed or food-aggressive cats, that's really good for them. Slow them down. But then if you're still seeing a problem, it's beyond the fact that they just scarfed and barfed. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's an actual term, scarf and bar. Clear liquid. They're barfing up clear liquid. What is that telling us? Because I've had that happen a couple of times. I have too. Where it's just like spit-ish. Yeah. So the causes of vomiting overall are pretty similar for whether or not it's food or liquid. But what we'll find is that if they're vomiting and their stomach is empty, that's where you see the liquid. If they still happen to have food in there, that's where you'll see the food. But the underlying causes are still really similar. So um, again, all those things, we causes we talked about that have to do with the gastrointestinal tract, as well as what we call metabolic conditions like the endocrine problems, thyroid, diabetes, or kidney problems, liver problems, pancreas problems. Just depends. When it happened, did I have food in there? Pretty much any time your cat pukes, you really have to evaluate it. Let's take a quick break. We want to hear something from our wonderful sponsor who makes the show reality. That's right. We'll be right back. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat, easy peasy. A small mountain lion, no problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back with 19 Cats and Counting with our wonderful co-host, Linda Hall. And, of course, Dr. Kelly, who knows so much about all types of animals. But we're specifically drawing on her cat knowledge. Yes. We're talking about a a wonderful subject. I often say there's the three Ps for cats. Pee, puke, and poop. Exactly. And all three can be equally as annoying. Yeah. So I don't 
panic if I see like a clear bar once. Like I go, okay, we need to keep an eye on this. Maybe something just didn't agree. I want to make sure I'm not waiting. Like if I see it twice, should I, then I go to the, because that's usually what I'm doing. Like if it happens again, then I'll say, okay, maybe we need to get checked out. But should we be concerned from the first bar or could it just be an off thing? It's a great question. So it depends on the big picture of what's happening with the kitty in addition to it vomited once. So if you've got a healthy kitty who's got great energy, eating well, normal poops, single vomit, you know, that's probably a, a watch and wait. But a single vomit with a kitty that hasn't eaten, is lethargic, is weak, or showing any right. other abnormal symptoms, then I'm going to be picking up the phone and probably having that kitty checked out. Everybody knows out of my 12 cats, my kismet is FIV positive. So any other cat sneezes, I'm like yelling out to everybody, hey, I just saw Galway sneeze. Keep an eye and let me know if that keeps going. Kismet sneezes, I need to but make an appointment. <laughs> I, I need to make an appointment now. I got to get my cat in because I'm always so worried that something deeper is going on with the immunity. And I just don't feel like I can wait with that with the rest well, of them. Sometimes like, it's a hard decision, you know, because we all have a finite amount of resources. You know, when do we spend the money on the vet visit when we don't? It's yeah. a hard decision sometimes. Well, one of the things that can be really helpful there is if you can find some clinics will have like a, a lot of our Thrive Pet Healthcare clinics will have a membership where you then get unlimited examinations anytime. It kind of decreases that barrier to entry to be able to go in and just have a conversation, have a physical exam and just know you have peace of mind. So, so I would amazing. encourage folks to look and just see if you have any clinics in your area that yeah. do do something like that. Because I, I hear you there in terms of making decisions um, to use your resources most wisely. And what yeah. is the best yeah. website for people to go to for Thrive? You can go to thrivepetcare.com. Okay. Awesome. And that's amazing because yeah, it can be expensive. And then if nothing happens, you're like, oh crap. That was, you know, I just wasted my money. The cat's fine. So yeah, it can be a good thing. You know, I, I hate to wrestle them in the carrier when we're not sure. You know, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not so obvious. Yeah. So I would guess with slower motility, it probably is a better idea that we're feeding less more often at a time, right? Because they're not really able. I mean, some of my cats will eat an obscene amount of food if allowed. And you That's know their stomach cannot, too. yeah, you know their stomach can't hold all that. So knowing that they have slower motility, this is probably something that we should just be doing proactively, right? More meals, smaller meals more often. Although I would say, you know, your cat best. So definitely I do not recommend just free feeding with one of those feeders that you keep filling up and then they get to go to the trough, right? Cause that'll just make them um, too heavy and that's not good. But certain cats like the opportunity to graze and they're not going to gorge in one sitting. So for my own cat, I do that where I know how many calories he needs. I measure the food and I put the dry, I put it down and he can do whatever he wants over the course of a 24 hour period. And he's fine with that. Now, if you have a kitty that does like to scarf and barf, then that strategy isn't going to work for you. And then yes. you're going to want to do, you know, twice a day feedings or three times a day feedings if your lifestyle allows you to do that. Now, when I had many, many, many more cats, I did have to do that twice a day because I'm sure this is your guys' life, right? Is that one cat will go and take the other cat's food. And 100%. I've had cats that need different diets related to what's going on with them. So that was more just, it's time to eat. I feel like I'm feeding my cats constantly because I'm either trying to figure out what they'll eat 
what time they want to eat it and you know before i go to bed i don't want them to go to bed with nothing to eat overnight yeah yeah it's a struggle and if you just have a couple of cats those chip feeders are amazing right you put the chip on the collar the cat goes over to the bowl it only opens for them so we always say do this for your grazer right so that your scarfer can't eat your grazer's food your grazer can come get a little bit at a time but they're not cheap. And again, I have 12 cats. And yeah, that I doesn't work in a multi multi would be spending like 1300 plus on chip noodles. I can't do that. So, Anyone here to donate to some to us? Right. right. Donate some chip feeders. <laughs> we'll review we'll, it for you. We'll take them. Yes. Anyway, so, we've cut off Dr. Kelly. We want to hear more so, about yes, the vomiting. Yes. Issues. And you mentioned the yellow vial. Yes. Yellow usually means bile, which simply confirms that that's coming from the uh, stomach and even the upper part of the small intestines. When we have that vomiting reflex, it goes up toward and out the mouth. So this is an alarming type of barf. Am I correct? If you see a bile, you should worry. Uh, yeah, yeah. And again, it, it, you know, whether it's clear liquid or partially digested food or bile, my degree of worry is based upon how frequent it's happening and how the cat is otherwise acting. Is their poop normal or are they lethargic? You know, those, those are the, the criteria so that, that I use to determine how relatively worried I am. But when you see the bile, you know, there's something happening down low, meaning stomach and even that upper part of the small intestine. It locates the location, right? It identifies the location. That's good to know. And, you know, I keep diaries when I start getting concerned and I think everybody should do this, right? Like, you know, my cat bar. So I put a piece of notebook paper, I'll put it up on the fridge and I'll say, you know, kismet puked, look like food. And then, you know, I tell everybody else in the house, because I'm not the only one in the house, somebody could clean something up and I don't know about it. So I tell them, if you see something, please write on there, you know, kismet puked, it was yellow, you know, something like that. So that I can keep tabs on how many, how often it's happened, what it looked like. Was it the same cat? Who done it? It's I'm not blaming it on kismet. And it was actually super and go away that puked, right? Like we're on the same page. That's the main thing with multi-multis. Who did it? Whatever it is, we don't know sometimes. You are touching on something so important. So if you want to be just a big hit with your veterinarian, like what's our version of a birthday present? We're weird, but (laughs) this is the truth. To help us be most effective to help you and your pet is to have really accurate information. And so when I hear you talk about Like you had me at hello when you're like, I keep a journal, even if you only have one cat, because I know just even with my own kitties, it's life gets away from you. Time gets busy. You know, time you're like, wait, when was the last vomit? How often you feel like maybe it was a long time ago, but it was more recent for us to have an accurate understanding of the frequency through a journal and what it looked like. And now I'm going to get super weird here, but it's how can you help your vet? Here's your little gift, your veterinarian, having that little logbook. Also take pictures. And if you can catch your cat in the act where, you know, you're, you're sitting there and that starts and take out your smartphone, grab a little video of it, a picture and a video are worth a thousand words. So when we do get time with you and we're examining your kitty, those types of things. And by the way, this doesn't just apply to vomiting. If there's an abnormal behavior, if your kitty's walking funny, if they're doing something funny in the litter box, take a video. It is so helpful for us. I've done that. It really does help. That's amazing. What a good idea. And we, you know, and get the family involved. 
we did a session with a family one day. It was so cool. She uh, wanted to make one sure. That- is that the one that took us on the tour of the sanctuary? Yes, yeah, she wanted to make them. sure her kids are around. So it was the husband and wife and three children. And these were smart children who yeah, knew they about were. cats. They were really impressive kids. They're really involved and they're asking questions. And I expect some silly question from this little kid who's like six. And no, they're asking, you know, like, my cat does this. Is that relevant? Is that normal? And Me I'm and like, they're looking at each other like, who are these children? Oh, once said the word relevant, I was like, okay, kid, we're on. Okay. I'm taking you seriously now. They were amazing children, but I loved how the whole family was involved. And that's the only way you're going to see, because again, yeah, cats, I don't care if you have two cats, the cat's in another room, right? Like you got to have eyes everywhere. So if you're living with other family members, have them keep an eye on it, record it, you know? Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't know what's going on with Tiger, but Nikki would. No, yeah, he pretty much lives in, in my daughter's bedroom. He doesn't come down but a couple times a day. He's a security guard. He comes down and he walks the perimeter and he looks in the room and then he goes back upstairs. And he, he sprays on the wall if he finds that there's ferals outside. Yeah, he um came over to my side of the bed. Speaking of weird, this is one of those things. He walked over between the wall and the bed. He never, ever has walked over there before. So I immediately went, what? Like something's up, right? He turned his fanny around and sprayed the wall. And I said, oh, ferals outside? Thanks for letting me know. Next time, leave a note. Like, there were some in the bush. Now they've relocated to her front porch. Big so. for Scythia bush. They were all hanging out on. Now they're under my front porch. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, thanks for letting me know. There's a reason behind everything cats do, right? Like everything. It's true. I know that we're talking about vomiting and most of the medical issues and things, but are there, there are certain, like in my opinion, people should not be feeding their cats cheese, right? There's cheese in cat food. One of my cats even looks at cheese or anything, dairy. he vomits. So are there certain things we should really be keeping away like that from our cats that will for sure make them puke? Yeah, some cats can tolerate a little bit of dairy. Some cats can't tolerate any at all. So, you know, I would say it's in terms of foods to avoid that could make a cat vomit. I think in general, it is best to feed a cat cat food unless you're feeding potentially some low fat you know, maybe boiled chicken or turkey or something like that. If your cat enjoys that kind of shredded stuff, that that's probably fair game. I think a lot of table scraps for any animals, probably just in general, not the best idea. I mean, we, you know, we certainly know that there are some foods that can actually be, you know, toxic to animals that we try to avoid. Like in dogs, we talk about onions and grapes and all, you know, right. Mm -hmm. Onions, grapes for dogs. Yeah. Right. So also we want to look at the plants in the house too, because cats, unlike dogs are going to chew on those plants. And almost every single plant or flower, almost every single plant or flower is going to be somewhat of a gastric irritant to the cats. So you could go on like Pet Poison Helpline or ASPCA poison control site, and you can actually look and Google what is on those two sites, very, very reputable of the safety of house plants and flowers for your kitty to avoid the ones that we know are really irritating gastric wise. I've uh, seen a lot of cats that were came to me to address chronic vomiting. And when we actually had a deep history conversation, we realized it was the cat continuously irritating itself by chewing and swallowing and eating leaves of a plant that was an irritant, right? Obviously, we can't forget the few plants and flowers that are objectively toxic, like many species of lilies with toxicity. But folks tend to underestimate how many plants are actually irritants and will make your cat vomit, even if they're not going to cause severe systemic harm. Yeah, I know that lilies are extremely poisonous. When I own Just for Cats Pet Sitting, 
I can't tell you how many houses we'd see at Easter time with lilies and our sitters would always go put the lily in the bathroom or something. And then there was a disagreement about whether or not one of the red ones at Christmas. Point setters. Point, Point setters. Yeah. Set Some people say they're not toxic. Some people say they are Air on the side of caution. Well, they're definitely an irritant, right? That's my understanding yes. is that it probably won't kill you, but it'll make you pretty sick and nobody wants to deal with that. Do you so, want to clean up puke from that? Go right ahead. No, I'm just plus the poor Don't cat. do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yep, correct. When in doubt, err on the side of caution. And I actually recommend that if folks are going to not only buy house plants or flowers for themselves, but if you're going to give a gift, how many times do you give send flowers to someone? A lot of florists will actually have a pet friendly list of selection. But my recommendation is that you always double check that if you know the recipient of your flowers has cats Good with idea. Pet Poison Helpline or ASPCA Poison Control website to get it from the board certified toxicologist source of truth. That is That's excellent. I advice. keep all my flowers up anyway, because I don't know what it is about roses, but my cats smell roses and think that the greatest steak fry has just it's started and they're for them. like losing their minds wanting Those to eat my flowers. Those are actually good for your cats, the roses. Uh, not often I get flowers as most people know, like I'm going to have to put it on a high shelf where I probably can't see it. And they, <laughs> I have no plants in this house because I don't want to have any kind of mistake. <laughs> Another thing too, like the cat grass, that's okay for cats to eat. But I always worry if you've got the cat grass in your house and you have plants, that just encourage overall eating everything green. So be careful what you've got other than the cat grass. That's you think right. that's that? Yeah. I've never been sure. It's like, if I give you this, will you be like, oh, that I can eat that so I can leave that alone? I'd still I, err on the side of making sure all your plants are yeah. safe. Yes. 100% safe. Yes. Because that will cause the vomiting. And look at what's in the vomit, right? Like, I know that's disgusting, but look yes. at the pieces of the toys or the plant, or right? Absolutely. Because cats can eat things they're not supposed to that are what we call foreign objects, which can lead to an obstruction. And also I've seen some kitties where they actually developed an obstruction from a hairball, but it wasn't the hairball itself. It was the hairball got intertwined with something foreign that the cat oh. had eaten and maybe the two separately could have passed. But when you combine the two together, it's a giant ball of something too big and too large to pass. Collected. That makes yeah. complete and total sense. Every time I run the vacuum and before I have to clean all the hair off the little bristles and stuff because it gets clogged, I, I get it. I get it. If the vacuum can't handle it, why should the cat be able to? Well, you know, cat fur sticks to everything. So it only makes sense it's going to be on them uh, and their insides and their stomach, right? Yeah. I have a sign in my kitchen that says everything here has takes better with cat fur yeah, in it cat, or something cat, like that. Yeah, yeah. So like it's just <laughs> That's just the way it yeah. is. If you don't like cats, you don't eat at my house. <laughs> it's flying around. There's not much I can do about it. I try to limit it, but you know, there are two anyway, cats. Yeah. We need to wrap up here. Any last words of wisdom for us, Dr. Kelly? I would just say, here's your, again, reiterating the high notes of your actionable toolkit. Everybody at home, hairballs. The best solution is to even prevent the ingestion of hair. Groom, 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 groom. Brush your kitty. Have your kitty clipped if it's long hair. Right. You know, and then if we need to talk to your vet about a potential kind of lubricant base, if needed. And remember, vomiting, if it's more than, you know, once every couple of weeks, you definitely need to talk to your vet about it. But even if it's a single episode of vomiting, if your kitty's lethargic, not eating, um, they're depressed or anything else is going on, have that conversation. And Thank keep you. that log. Your vet will love you. And keep your log. Take pictures. Yes. Yeah. Pictures, pictures, pictures. We love, we yeah. always tell them for our behavior sessions too. We love pictures. Yeah. Even if, 
you know, even if it's two cats that are fighting, we're like, you know, okay, don't throw them in the pit. Yeah, let's get ready to rumble. But just seeing that cat's demeanor as they walk past the other cat. Are they crouching? Are they fearful? Are they, you know, what, what are their pupils doing? It tells us a lot. We learn so much from those things. Well, thank you so much for coming and enlightening us about vomit. I can't wait to see what the next topic is. They're always so good. <laughs> I know. We love you <laughs> so much, you Dr. So much. Kelly. We really appreciate it. We know how busy you are and how valuable your time is. And believe me, we do not take the blessing you have bestowed upon us lightly. We are so not grateful every day. Every day. Yes. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for advocating for kitties and the people who love them. It's what we do. And it's Linda, thank you for helping me in this mission. Always, this always. a team effort now. I used to be pulling the train by myself, but not anymore. Of course, I have to thank Mark for giving us the spot on Pet Life Radio and yes. doing such an awesome job when he edits. Yes. We really appreciate you. Just remember, yeah. every day is Catterday. See you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>